Well, hey friends, happy Sunday again. It is so great to be able to see you today. I hope really seriously that you're doing well. Uh, my name is Clay Munkus and I get the honor and the privilege of being the lead pastor here at Next Level. And even if we've never met, I really would like to meet you. But if we've not, I'm glad that you've chosen to join us today. Well, we've been in a series called Kingdom Investments. And last week, we had one of the most amazing Sunday experiences I've had in my nine years here at Next Level with our Serve Sunday. And I just want to show you a very, very short recap of that day. Watch this. Thanks to everyone that gives at Next Level because you helped make that possible. And thank you to everyone that came out and served with us. Uh, we partnered with nine local community organizations to bring the love of God into lives, uh, many, many, many lives. And every room and every project was at capacity. Some were even beyond capacity. And if you're interested in serving like this more regularly, we've created a new position on our staff. You may have heard that. Uh, to help you get involved. And Melanie Jackson is going to be serving with us as our pastor of community engagement. And if you want to reach out to her, her email address is melaniej at nextlevelchurch.org. And she can be the contact person that can get you connected to some quality organizations in our area. Also, uh, we have a uh, a few people that mentioned that they wanted to do maybe a once a month life group around serving in a project like this. If you're interested in that, reach out to Melanie as well, and she will get you started in how you can do that. Now, today, I'm going to wrap up our series on serving by talking to you about something very important. I want to talk to you about one of the primary ways that people grow in their spiritual life. Uh, I've served in church ministries, it's hard for me to even think about, but I've served for 30 years of my life, and as you can imagine, I've seen a few things. Uh, and some of the observations I made are around the types of things that people do that help them grow spiritually. And after 30 years of watching literally thousands of people, I've noted that there are a few things that people who are growing deeper in their relationship with God, there's a few things that they do that people who are not growing don't do. In other words, I've observed, uh, if you could call it this, a direct link between certain activities in someone's life and the level of their relationship with Jesus. There are just certain things that if consistent in your life, your relationship with Jesus grows. And when they're absent in your life, well, your relationship with Jesus just seems to stall or get stale. And if you want to know what they are, let me give them to you real quick. The first is extraordinary prayer. Not just prayer before bedtime and prayer before meals. This is an intimate level of connecting with our Heavenly Father. So extraordinary prayer. Then there is what I would call willful obedience. This is where you open up God's Word, you read it, and then most importantly, you ask Him what He wants you to do with what you just read. And then you do it. No questions asked. You just obey. So that's the second one. And then there is radical generosity. And I'm primarily talking about money here. This is where you understand that you're just a manager 
of all the money that God has given you. And so you generously share whatever it is that God asks you to share. And then there's what I want to talk to you about today, personal ministry. Uh, You see, when I hear people tell their stories of spiritual growth, they always unequivocally talk about stepping out of their comfort zone to serve someone or to get involved in some kind of spiritual activity aimed at helping someone else. And they say things like, you know, I was in way over my head or I was out of my league or I was scared or man, I was just praying hard. And they didn't feel qualified and they didn't feel trained. They just saw a need or they heard about an opportunity and they were available and boom, God showed up. Right? I've seen it on missions trips, or I've seen it where people are serving with children or students at church. Like uh, They were hit with leading a small group or began with serving on a first impressions team. But at some point, they stepped up and began to serve in an area that direct, directly contributed to seeing someone else find Jesus or grow in their relationship with Jesus. So today, I want to explain how serving grows your faith. And specifically, I want to explain how serving in a local church grows your faith. Because some of you, I I imagine, are feeling a nudge to do something new and and unusual, and and you're resisting. And there is more at stake than you can ever imagine. So today we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 14, and there's a story that kind of captures this tension and emotion better than any that I know. And for a little context here, at the beginning of the chapter, Jesus gets word that Herod, who had made kind of this rash promise to a dancer at a party, had beheaded his cousin, John the Baptist. All right, you, you should go read that story. Now imagine Jesus' kind of anger or his grief upon hearing this. And imagine the disciples, that kind of their bewilderment. I mean, Jesus, this guy turns water into wine at a party. Uh, he heals total strangers. He, but he does nothing to stop his cousin from being executed by a coward giving in to the whims of lust. And on top of that, this Herod is the son of the Herod who tried to kill Jesus as a baby. So imagine all of the emotions that are going on, and then let's jump into verse 13 where it says, When Jesus had heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Right? He needed a moment. Uh, John the Baptist was his cousin. It was his childhood friend. He just needs a moment. And hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns, right? It, It was all about them. They didn't really care about the news Jesus had. And when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. So even with all of his grief and exhaustion, he moves back into the crowd and he serves them all day long. And we know it was all day long because of the next three words in verse 15. As evening approached. So this act of ministry, his service to the crowd had gone on from the moment he landed all the way till evening. Verse 15 says, as evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place. And it's really getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the village and buy themselves some food. And I imagine the disciples were a little hungry too. Like, hey, we need to go get some dinner here. And what is fascinating here is the disciples do what you and I try to do on a regular basis. They see a need, so the disciples ask Jesus to do something about it. You ever done that? You ever seen a family hurting and thought, you know, maybe we should do something, or maybe you even pray, Jesus, you need to do something 
about that? Well, the disciples do that, right? They, they see it's been a long day, and it's about to get dark, and thousands, literally thousands of people need to eat. So they ask Jesus to take care of it. They even give him some direction on how he can fix it. You, you ever done that? You ever given Jesus advice on how to solve a problem? So they say, hey, Jesus, um, do something about this and send them away so they can get dinner. And what I find fascinating is what Jesus tells them. And I find this fascinating because this is what I see Jesus saying to people all the time, including me. Verse 16, Jesus replies, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. Basically, he says, yep, you guys are right. Something does need to be done about this, but I'm not going to do this alone. You guys are going to need to jump in and do something about it first. You give them something to eat. Now, again, there are thousands, literally thousands of people there, and I'm sure they are thinking, what in the world are we going to do to help? I mean, we're, we're not prepared for this. We did not plan for this. We're not, we're not equipped to help out in situations like this. Has Jesus ever asked you to do something and you had some of those same thoughts? God, you know, you, you got to be kidding, right? I, I can't serve those people. I, I'm not equipped. I don't have the training to do that. I, I've only been a Christian for a couple of months. I don't know enough to be able to help out. But here is what I know. Because I've experienced this in my own life, and I have watched it happen in the lives of thousands of other Christians. There's going to come a time in your life where Jesus is going to challenge you to step out of your comfort zone and into serving others. And when it happens, you know in your heart that this is just not a guilt or a thing where the pastor's pleading and you feel like, oh, I need to do it. It is a burden from God for a person or a group or an area at church. And you will hesitate for reasons that I'm going to talk about in just a moment. And there are some of you who know exactly what I'm talking about because you're in the middle of it right now. You learned that real simple Bible study, right? That, that simple Bible study we did in our connect groups. And you keep thinking about those women in your neighborhood maybe. And you can't stop thinking about them and you feel like Jesus is asking you to invite them over to study the Bible you. But you keep thinking, what if? What if? What if? Jesus says to you, you give them something to eat. Or maybe every time you hear us talk about middle school students or high school students, something just tugs at your heart and you think, well, but I'm busy. And what if? And I'm not equipped and I'm not trained. Jesus says, you give them something to eat. Uh, you, you heard about this thing where we're relaunching our life groups next month. And something in your heart is saying you need to lead one of those life groups. But you don't know enough about God, right? I, I, I don't know enough. I haven't been Christian long enough. And what if, and what if, and what if? I, I just don't know. And Jesus would say to you, you give them something to eat. Every week, you walk into this place. And Jesus says that he wants you to serve maybe the littles or the elementary kids. And maybe you've even asked if we have enough volunteers. And if you have, you know we don't. But if you're hesitating, and, and, but you keep hesitating, you keep thinking, but I, I, I don't have enough time. And, and what if the kids say this or what if they do that? And I'm scared to commit. Jesus says, you give them something to eat. Or maybe you feel a tug to 
go out and leave the marketplace and go into full-time ministry. But you got a mortgage. you got kids to raise. And God doesn't really offer a retirement plan, right? And I, I, I know exactly how that feels because that's what Jesus said to me. Whatever it is that Jesus is asking, I know this. There is a tension. You know what that tension is? It's your faith being stretched. It's this, do I really trust God that much? Am I confident that he really is with me? And in that tension, there is always two things. Fear, right? What if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't work out? And inadequacy. I don't know how. I'm not trained. I'm not prepared. And it's kind of like the first time you stood on the side of the pool, if you can remember that, and you had your little floaties on, your dad said, take those floaties off, and I want you to jump in the pool. And so you're standing there, and you keep looking back at the safety of the little floaties in the background, and you want to jump in, and you want to say that you've done it, but you're just afraid to do it. That is exactly where the disciples are in this moment. They're standing there in the tension with fear and inadequacy running through their mind, and at the same time, they had no idea what hung in the balance. Verse 17, we have here only five loaves. And two fish, they answered. In other words, we can't do it. We're not prepared. We're not equipped. You got the wrong guys. It's just not going to happen. And then Jesus says this in verse 18. Bring them here to me. And that's like, oh, I, I, I knew these guys were going to say that. right? It's like, Jesus, this is all we have. And Jesus says to them, I, I think he says this to all of us, just bring what you have. So you say, God, I, I didn't even finish college. Well, how far did you get? Well, I got two years. Well, just bring me those two years. But, but God, I hardly know the Bible. Well, just bring me what you do know. Well, well God, I, I don't have that much time. Bring me whatever time you have. But God, what if they ask me hard questions? Well, just bring me the answers that you have. But, but God, I, I don't have enough experience. Well, just bring me the experience that you have. So verse 19 goes on. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks. He broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples. So Jesus hands them some torn bread, and a few fish. And now they're standing there looking at him like, well, well, what do we do? And you know what they did? Once he handed them the bread and the fish, they did what they knew how to do because that's all that they could do. They didn't know how to feed 5,000 men and all the other people that were there with just this little bit of food, but they knew how to turn and to serve the food that they had. They simply did what they knew how to do Listen to how it's stated. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They do what they know to do, and they trust Jesus to do what only he can do. Guys, that is a great takeaway, right? And it's simply this, that do what I can do and trust God to do what only he can do. Your responsibility and my responsibility every single time. It's simple. You just do what you know how to do. And then you trust Jesus to do what only he can do. 
Because the tension you feel and the fear you feel and the, oh my gosh, what's going to happen that you feel and I'm not prepared and I'm not uh, trained and all that stuff, all that is your faith muscle being stretched. This is God doing something on the inside of you to prepare you for something. This is God exercising and growing your faith. The tension isn't about fear, and the tension isn't just around your insecurity. It's bigger than that. Your faith and the future and the size and the strength of your faith in the future are at stake. God is working on your faith, and he cares about your faith and what is at stake isn't just the needs that might go unmet if you don't do something. Uh, That's maybe not the biggest issue for you. The issue is will you do what needs to be done so that your faith in God can grow? Because look what happens next. Very next verse, verse 20. They all ate and were satisfied and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. Let me ask you, do you think these guys ever forgot that day? Do you think they ever forgot the day that they submitted their mere hands to Jesus and he worked through them? I don't think they forgot that day ever. I think they went to their graves thinking about that day because it was a day that their faith soared. And then again, immediately, I, immediate, very next thing, Jesus puts this new faith into practice. Verse 22, immediately, the text says, Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. Now, that would have been a pretty interesting dismissal, I think. Jesus trying to dismiss a crowd where he had just healed everybody and fed everybody, all right? So I've done all these amazing miracles. You guys are dismissed. See you back next week, right? I I think they're like, no, we're just going to stick around and stick with you. But somehow, Jesus dismisses the crowd. And then in verse 23, it says, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. So Jesus is on the shore, and the disciples are out in the boat. They're heading back out across the lake, and they've left as the sun went down. Okay, this is a story you might be familiar with. But the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was strong. Okay, there's a storm going on out there. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them. Okay, this is late at night. Went out to them walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were, what's the next word, right? What does he say there? They were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. Cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Now, here's what I want you to see. Peter gets it. I'm sure he says to himself, I think I understand how this works. I don't know how to feed 5,000. I don't know how to walk in water. But I am responding to your invitation. I'm trusting you. It will work. Call for me. So then he decides to test his theory. Listen to what happens. Verse 28. Lord, if it's you, right, and I'm really hoping it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Peter understood the lesson 
that whatever the Savior asks me to do is something I'm capable of doing. Whenever he invites me out of my comfort zone, whenever he invites me to do things that don't make any sense, and I might embarrass myself, whenever he invites me to do something that's bigger than my capability, if I simply do what I know I can do, he does what only he can do. So Peter gets out of the boat. Verse 29, come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. He did what he could do and trusted Jesus to do what only he can do. Now, folks, that is the Christian experience to a great degree. I dare you to start praying the the, the Peter prayer there. Lord, please invite me out of my comfort zone. Please, Lord, invite me out of my comfort zone. God, I want you to use me in the lives of other people. Invite me out of my comfort zone. And then I'm going to do what I know I can do. And I can't wait to see what you're going to do. For some of you, he's already inviting you. For some of you, it means starting something at work. For some of you, it means beginning a new ministry. For some of you, it means volunteering in one of our areas here at church. Maybe it's kids. Maybe it's teens. Maybe you remember what it was like for you when, as a child, someone created a space for you where kids learned that Jesus really does love them, right? Or maybe Jesus has been calling you to serve with our middle and high school students, and there's part of you that you just can't get past your teenage experience. It's just stuck in your mind. You think about all the high school students, and you see them sitting over there, And if only somebody like you had invested in them and you just can't get away from it. But you're like, look, I'm not cool. What if they ask me the wrong questions? What if, what if, what if? And Jesus is saying, come on, you know how to play a game. You know how to ask questions. You know how to sit back and listen. Come on, I dare you. I'm inviting you. I'm inviting you. I want you to do only what you can do and then watch what only I can do on your behalf. Man, now, here's what I want to say. This principle is so big. Did you know that if you're a part of anything we do as an organization, you are benefiting from the fact that there were a group of people who experienced this in their lives and said, I'm getting out of the boat. Maybe you're here because you're one of our single moms and you experienced our single mom's auto repair. All right, and these guys and these gals, they don't get paid for any of that. They just stepped up and answered the call to do what they know how to do. And you benefited from that, and now you're here. Or, or maybe you have a kid in our kids' program, and every Sunday your child just loves getting up, and they love coming to church. And when they arrive, someone is there to check them in, and someone is there to greet them, and someone is there to tell them a Bible story, and someone does a craft, and someone else sings a song for them, and someone prays for them, all while you're over here enjoying the service that is here that we have for you. There is a lot of people stepping up and moving past their fears and their insecurities to teach a child that God loves them. Or maybe you've been in a small group that helped you grow in your relationship with Jesus. And that group was probably led by someone who did not feel they were ready to lead, but they just did what they know to do, and they trusted Jesus to do only what he can do. And what has come on the other side of all these examples are people who are growing in their relationship with Jesus. And it all begins with this step. Do what I can do, 
and trust God to do what only he can do. And nobody, 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 nobody knows all that hangs in the balance of those decisions. But I'll tell you one thing that hangs in the balance. The maturity of your faith. The maturity of someone else's faith as well. And aren't you, I mean seriously, think about it. Aren't you so glad that somebody took a chance? Somebody ignored his or her fear and stepped through the door of his insecurity in order to introduce you to Jesus. All of us were somebody's personal ministry. Parents, aren't you glad that somebody took a chance to minister to your children? Does anybody ever feel fully equipped or ready to work with kindergartners or middle schoolers? No. Does anyone ever feel ready to lead a life group? No. But it is personal ministry that enables us to experience God's power in our weakness. And as your pastor, I want so badly for you to have the experience of seeing God work through your weakness and fears in the lives of other people. Right? If you'll do that, your faith will soar. And as your faith soars, your heavenly Father will be honored. So here's what we're going to do to help you. We have prepared a list of areas that you can be involved in here at Next Level Church with people you know, with people that you love. And if you go ahead and you go to nextlevelchurch.org slash events, on that site, you're going to see a button that says click here to serve. If you click that button, it'll take you to a form and it will list all of our ministry areas that you can serve in. All you got to do is simply fill out that form and someone's going to reach out to you this week, right? And I know the areas on that list, some of them may be outside your comfort zone. Push through it. Try it. Give it your best and see what happens. So here's the question. Where is God nudging you? What's God urging you to do, right? You got to throw your legs over the side of that boat and eventually you got to take a step, even though you don't know the first thing about walking on water. Would you be willing to do what you know how to do and trust God to do what only God can do? Would you be willing to do what you know how to do in terms of serving and service to other people in those areas where you just feel like God is nudging you? Would you be willing to take that first step? Not because you're ready, but because God has called you out of the boat. Would you be willing to do what you can do and trust God to do what only he can do. Because if you do, you're going to experience God in a brand new way. And if you don't, you will never, ever know what God might have done through you if you just said, I'm going to go anyway. I'm going in spite of what I'm incapable of, in spite of not being trained, I'm going to do it. Would you be willing? Would you be willing to participate with God in this dynamic? Because if, if you will, your faith will grow like crazy. And some people will be better off, and some kids may be served, and some women in your neighborhood may come to know Jesus. Would you be willing, whatever it is, to go ahead and take a step to do what you know how to do, and then watch and see God do what only God can do? If so, go to nextlevelchurch.org slash events. Click that button, fill out that form, and watch what God does through your life. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I just want you 
to be in this space. God, as people are making decisions, as, as people are trying to think about uh, what it is that they can do. God, I, I know you are nudging people. You are moving people. God, you are asking people to do what they already know how to do. And God, I also know there are people scared to death sitting in this space. Okay, God, they, they have all of their concerns and they're voicing them in their heads right now. What if, what if, and I'm not trained. God, I pray you cut through all of that and help them to begin to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, friends, thanks for joining us today. If you think today's message might be valuable to someone you know, would you mind sharing this video? Not only could it be helpful for them, but by sharing this content as well as liking and subscribing to this channel, you are helping us accomplish our mission to raise the reputation of Jesus. And along those same lines, I ask you each and every time I get on this stage, because I so believe in this, could I ask you to head over to our website at nextlevelchurch.org slash give. Choose one of those giving options there. Your faithful support helps us do things like Serve Sunday, create all these ministry areas as we raise the reputation of Jesus where we live, work, and play. So by way of benediction, let me go back and read the verse that I started with three weeks ago found in Galatians 6.10 that we kicked this whole series off with. Therefore, Paul says, as we have time, let us do good to all people. May you this week make a commitment with the time the Lord has given you to do what you can do and trust Jesus to do what only he can do. Hey guys, have a blessed week. We'll see you every day on all of our social channels. Just know that I love you and we're praying for you.